to truly believe in the magic. Hey Magic fans, I'm Mikey and I'm your host for this week's episode of Let's Talk Magic, an Orlando Magic podcast. We're recording this on Friday the 3rd of November 2023. On today's episode, we're going to be recapping the Orlando Magic's four-game West Coast road trip diving into some numbers and trends that we've seen from the opening weeks of the season. And we're going to look ahead to this week's games against the Lakers, Mavericks and the Hawks. Uh, We'll also be joined by a special guest a little later in this episode. Um, If you'd like to skip ahead to your favourite part of the show, check the show notes for timestamps. Today's episode is brought to you by our brand new partner who we're thrilled to be working with. Attraction Tickets are the UK's number one attraction ticket and theme park hotel provider for Disney, SeaWorld and Universal Studios. They also sell Orlando Magic tickets at competitive prices that often work out cheaper than Ticketmaster once you factor in exchange rates and added on booking fees. So when you're planning your next holiday to Orlando from the UK, check out Attraction Tickets using our link in the description to purchase your tickets for all of Orlando's major theme parks, attractions, shows and sporting events. You can also visit letstalkmagic.com for all our affiliate links and discount codes. But before we get into the rest of the show, I'm going to introduce my co-host, starting with our friend from the Valleys. Hello, Boyle. Evening, Gerard. All right. I'm loving that new haircut, Mikey. I am loving it, mate. Well, How is it being received at home? Not very well. I, I sent you guys a message the other night basically pleading for help because uh, my missus goes to me, that is the worst haircut you have ever had. She goes, I've seen some bad haircuts in my time, but that is right up there. She even said if I was to ask her out on a date, she would tell me where to swivel. <laughs> that is love for you, isn't it, eh? It is, mate. It is. It's very Markel false-like. Uh, Gary commented on that. In the in the, the week, I'm going to call it the business cut. It's the business cut. Yeah, it's good. And if you if you're not uh, listening, um, if you're I, not watching on YouTube, I, I, it might be worth checking it out just to see Mikey's. Uh, new I had look. an action man in the seventies with a haircut like that. <laughs> <laughs> to to be fair, yeah, I just wanted hands to jo- as well. To be fair, I just wanted to join in with the three of you with um your lack of hairlines or hair. <laughs> <laughs> What can I say? <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> to be I fair, really I think that... a debate about haircuts, should I? <laughs> that might be the first time I've ever kept the three of you speechless all in one go. <laughs> well, there's a total lack of length, really, Mikey, isn't there? There is, but there's there's lots of length tonight that we're going to be talking about. So, uh, evening, Gary. How are you, the lads? How are you, the lads? How are you, Mikey? I'm doing well, mate. Have you had a good... Well, you, you've had a tough week, but have yeah, you been but... enjoying the games? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's good to have basketball back in our lives. And, yeah. Uh, to see your haircut live and in colour, it's just even better than the photograph. <laughs> and I'm going to swiftly move on to Paul because he's chewing. <laughs> I just wanted to yes. create that awkward I'm, I'm, transition. I, no, it's all right, mate. I'm clearing Any, the uh, the Halloween sweets that we'd got for the trick or treaters. Can I say I'm very happy that they didn't come round with me? Uh, <laughs> I've got the, plenty of skittles to get my way through. Quite oh, enjoyed yes. it. Are you serious? You had none. We ha- we got oh, rid of mate, about yeah. 100 packets of Haribo on our estate. A hundred? 
Yeah, we, I bought uh, two boxes of like 50 and cleaned out well and truly. Our kid, uh, Heather and Rob, they were the same. They got through an absolute load. We didn't have a single person gutted. Love it. I always enjoy it. Uh, no, not a one. So next year, I'm hoping that uh, I might have to do a bit more light the house up or something so it's you know big sign suites here yeah put, put the lights on paul <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> there we go so before we can continue uh we'd like to give a shout out to our patrons as we do every week who help support let's talk magic so we want to say thank you to ollie law gary clark angus craig dylan holden alan kane Tom Sone, Mark Joss, Sean Moore, Drummy Drum Drum Drummy Drum Drum Drum, Paolo Francis. You, you messed that one up. Oh, I know. Drum but... Drum Drummy Drum Drum. Oh, no, I know what it was. I just wanted to add a few more in there. Oh, Liam okay. Radborn, Andy Lindley, and Stuart Benzies. Um, and thank you to everyone who supports our show. If you're interested in joining our Patreon, we have three tiers available with a number of benefits, starting with the O'Neill tier at £2 a month, which gives you access to our Discord channel. We've got the Anderson tier at £5 a month, which gives you one entry into our prize a draw every month, including a few other benefits as well. And our top tier, the McGrady tier at £10 a month, which includes two prize draw entries and a chance to be a guest on a future episode of the podcast, um, plus a fan profile on the website, letstalkmagic.com. Uh, if you want to join our Patreon, visit patreon.com forward slash letstalkmagic to join today. And that leads us on nicely as we welcome on a special guest, Tom Sone, who is one of our patron members and also our October patron winner uh, with our giveaway of a, an Orlando Magic jersey. Tom joined us, uh, was it back in July, chaps, for our first UK meetup when we had a few beers and a curry? Um, Tom, welcome to Let's Talk Magic. How are you and how happy are you with the team's start to the season? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, thanks. Um well, three and two, you would have taken that before the season started, especially after the West Coast road trip. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say it's been fairly balanced, to be fair. It's a bit yeah. of a clunky offence so far, but you can expect that to start the season. But the defensive side has been pretty pretty good to start, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so before we continue, can you tell our listeners a bit about you and how you became a Magic fan? It's probably quite a common thing. I became a Magic fan going on holiday with the family to Orlando. Um, 2007, it was. My dad bought uh, basketball tickets. We went along. Uh, first game, I think, was the Pistons at home. Uh, we lost, but had a great time. Uh, went again, saw the Knicks. We lost again. But I still got hooked on basketball. So it was great. Awesome. Awesome. Who, you who's banned. your You got banned then. Turned up twice and we lost twice. <laughs> well, that it doesn't really stop there, the losing at home. I went 2009, <laughs> oh, I went no. to New York for my 18th and we won in Madison Square Garden in 2009. Um, but I think I think I was 10 home games losing on the trot. Wow. Until, until this year in February, I went to four games. We lost the first three. And then it was that Miami overtime game where we were up by about 15 or 16. And they brought it back to overtime. And I'm just thinking, I'm never going to be allowed in this building again. <laughs> if we, oh, if no, we still end up losing this one. But thankfully, we got it. 
<laughs> Tom, and, and you go in in February when I'm there as well. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, scheduling, G. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you're a jinx. Oh, gosh. I went for, I I went was a jinx. Four and one last year, so hopefully uh, we, we start a winning streak with you now, Tom. Let's hope so. Out of interest... So Tom lost on, well, not just your first game, but quite a few on your first game. Yeah. But your first game they lost. My first game they lost to the Sixers back in 2002. Paul? Yeah. Washington. <laughs> Washington and OKC. Uh, and then they broke it by beating the Lakers, Wizards. Uh, sorry, Lakers, Raptors and the Utah Jazz. So I was three I was three out of five to start with. Gary? G? Yeah. 2002 lost to the Spurs in the uh, first game. <laughs> um, t- 2001 Sonics lost in double overtime. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't make it up, could you? you but then they won- make- the second time I went, though, they won in the playoffs against the Toronto Raptors in game five t- to advance. So so that was good. Yeah. Wow. If you were going to lose to a team in 2002, it might as well be the Spurs, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. What does that say for us as Magic fans? You go to your first game and watch them lose. You're like, yeah, that's the team for me. (laughs) Glutton for punishment. (laughs) Wow. Well, Anyone who's got a job interview coming up and they say, (laughs) can you tell us how you've demonstrated resilience in your adult life? Become an Orlando Magic fan. Let, let me say the name Hennigan to you. We'll go from there. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's dive into some magic news. So I started my prep on Thursday evening and we only had one piece of magic news to really talk about. That was until we played the Utah Jazz last night. Um, unfortunately, we've got some magic news to talk about. First of all, were Markel Fultz, who missed Thursday's game with knee soreness and didn't play. Gary Harris, who started the game in place of Marco Fultz, didn't play the second half with a groin injury. And the biggest concern of all is that uh, Wendell Carter Jr. has a fracture in his third metacarpal in his left hand, Um, an injury that he he basically got in the last couple of plays of the game, which we'll talk about shortly. Uh, There's no update on whether he'll miss time or how much, um, but it happened on on a huge inbound play right at the end of the Jazz game. Um, which actually helped us win the game, but with with some consequences as well. Um, all three players will be re-evaluated when they land back in Orlando. If Wendell does miss some significant time, I want to know, guys, how do you see the Magic replacing Wendell's minutes? Uh, will we see Mo Wagner start and Batadze as the backup? Do you think Paolo will play at the five? Can we see J.I. start? Tom, what do you think? It's. I honestly think Ji could actually play a lot of the five, and Paolo as well. I mean, we saw him do it in um, the World Cup this summer. But it, it could. The rotations, in a way, could maybe free up minutes for Babe Jet Howard to get some yeah. to get some minutes in. Maybe if you push Paolo forward a bit more, you could then push Franz up to the four, and maybe slot Jet Howard in at three. Maybe get him some minutes. Yeah. Do you like that idea, Paul? Right. I. I could. I. I definitely agree that I can see. Um, a bit of time opening up for potentially Jet or Tuma. Um, Wendell's a huge miss, isn't he? Let's be honest. Three to six weeks if it isn't displaced. 
I think I think to start with, we're going to see potentially Mo Wagner coming. I think that Mo's more likely to get the starting minutes at this moment in time because of the experience of doing it last season when uh, Wendell went down. We've got some capability in backup from Mo and Goga there, but I suppose it's a little bit of a, a shame that we didn't go out and get somebody more, should we say, specialised during the summer. Um, it's more against teams like the Lakers with Anthony Davis that I'm concerned about Wendell missing, more so than I am against certain other teams. But against your, your big, physical, dominant um, centre, then that's where we're going to miss Wendell. I think that, I, again, I think that J.I. or Paolo could get minutes at the five. I'll be honest, I really hope it's not Paolo. Um, I'd rather see him get back into the rhythm of his game at the four. I think JT uh, came nailed the he- nailed it on the head last night in his commentary, saying that some of the issues that he's had to start with have been as a result of playing that different role and going from being a backup guy with Team USA to now being lead man for the Magic. Um, it's affected his game ever so slightly. And last night, I think, was the first time we saw that get back. I know it's slightly off point, but I thought JT nailed that. Mm. J.I., I think, genuinely interesting as a five and certainly a capable option. I mean, you look at his game and really play a lot of his game is suited to the to the five. So I think that we will see him get some minutes there. Yeah. But to start with, I think we're going to see Mo Wagner. Gary, do you think it's something that might change depending on the matchup? So, for example, we're playing the Lakers on Saturday. Somebody's got a guard AD. Do you think that's maybe a role J.I. might step into for the Lakers game? Personally, I would I would start I would start G.I. or Gorga. And it's not because anything to do with Moore Wagner. Moore Wagner's had a really good start of the season, but firstly you want the defensive lineup out there, and I think he is covered a bit in the second unit by Jonathan Isaac and by what we can throw out there defensively. Um, I expect they'll go with more Wagner due to experience, points and earning his place, effort, harassment, etc. But if it was me, I would put Jonathan Isaac out there just for the pure try and contain Davis because he was the one who did the damage in the Lakers game, which I know we'll touch on. Uh, GI matches up better with him than anybody else on our roster. Uh, so it's a case of whether Jonathan Isaac actually can play the minutes that we would need but I would love to see him at the five I don't want Parlo out of position um, but for me it's it's damage limitation if if we can stop Davis going for 30 points and we can stop LeBron going for 30 points you've, we should have won that Lakers game the other night we should have mm-hmm. Davis was the difference maker in that so we've got to really it's an opportunity if you want to put the positive shades on and say who can slow him down. And I think you either let Jonathan Isaac do what Jonathan Isaac does, which is just clamp people. Um, or for me, you make it really awkward for him and you put Goga there and you say, well, we try and, we try and dominate the paint, put size in the paint because rebounding is not our strongest area, which I'll touch on later on. Yeah. Anything to add, G? I, yeah. Well, 
all valid points, but myself, I'd go with Goga just because um, I know Mo's, you know, uh, stood in last year, you know, and did an admirable job. But I like what the second unit brings. Um, Mo, J.I., Ingalls, you know, Anthony and Harris, you know, that might offer obviously be altered if Harris can't play tomorrow night. But I think that unit suits Mo better than being on the starting uh, unit. I think if you plug in uh, Goga, uh, he's that bit bit more of a physical body that can clog up the paint, that can't get bullied around a bit like maybe Mo does. Um, Obviously, the offense is going to run through France for Paolo. So all Goga's got to do is set your picks, you know, go after rebounds. You don't have to rely on his offense at all. So he's only only just plug in the gap really you know if they leave him wide open he can hit that three worst case so you know he does spread the floor a little bit like Wendell does obviously not to the same ability that Wendell sort of gives you uh so for me I don't alter the the second uh unit because they've been playing very well I plug in Goga and then you know play J.I. sparingly there because obviously we don't want to increase his minutes significantly um because that's the way they're doing it isn't it Hmm. Yeah, I should I should say then that if it was uh, I I answered on what I think as opposed to who I would I agree yeah. with you I would go with Goga if it was yeah. my choice for the same okay. reason I would agree with you there G yeah yeah good points we will see what happens um, the only other news worth mentioning this week is the NBA NBA unveiled each team's court for the in season tournament games. Uh, Orlando's two games against the Raptors on the 22nd of November and the Celtics on the 24th of November. The Magic will play on a grey court featuring a dark navy blue stripe across the length of the court. The Orlando font at either end of the court that's on this season's City Edition jerseys. Uh, The word Magic in the same font at centre court with the star in the middle and the in-season tournament trophy behind it, something all 30 teams will have. Uh, the NBA is using the city uniforms and themes to design courts. Some teams will have bolder looks, like the Chicago Bulls. I think their court's just red. Um, but I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on what you thought, because it's very, very different to what we're uh, used to. Tom, do you like them? Um, I wouldn't say I, I like them or dislike them, really. They're, they're not bad. I wouldn't say they're anything special to look at. Yeah. G? Yeah. I, they look very, you know, obviously the the, the grey. I was looking at um, the Miami one was released today properly and I sent Dan at Miami UK. Uh, Josh Robbins was at there because uh, the Wizards are playing them. Um, sent a photo <laughs> from the arena and it, you know, it looks very, very red and it looks like you've got a very narrow sort of normal court down the middle. So I think it's going to be very confusing for the players themselves um i'm not a massive fan if i'm being perfectly honest you know if i see the magics one uh close that might change my opinion uh but i'm not huge i prefer the parquet floor um but i I get what they're doing they're trying to do something different uh but i I don't know i just think there's a little bit too much color in there and it might mess with the you know the players and the lines might be wrong you know i'm not a pro i i you know, don't play basketball, you know, every day of my life. But um, that that's my initial opinion of it. Gary? I think it's going to stand out on TV. And I think that's the point, really, where, 
you can tune in and see things look a bit different to a typical NBA game and it's to try and drive home this cup competition. But if you asked what I would really like, I would just like our classic edition floor in there all the time with the, uh, the, the old style logo in the middle of the court. But I don't think it's bad, actually. I think it looks, when I, from the actual pictures I've seen of it, I think it looks okay. I just want to see what it looks like with a crowd in and players on the floor. Um, I don't have a problem with it. Hoff. Right, I've got to be honest. I thought I was going to be the. I thought I was going to stand out as the right grump in this section. To be honest with you, but turns out everybody's got pretty much the same sort of opinion as me. I quite like the court look on, on the images that we've seen. I like the logo. I like the star there. I like the trophy. I think that looks good. But honestly, I'm not one who gets excited about courts. Um, I'm more interested that I can actually see what's going off than the designer. I watched a game I watched a game the other day. Uh and I says I calls my missus in and says, it's not me, is it? Is this me? And she went, what? I went, those uniforms, I can't remember I can't remember who was playing, but the uniforms that this that the road team were wearing blended in with the court and with the advertising boards around the side. You just lost the players. And unfortunately the ball got lost as well as you were watching this game because of the colours of the court. It was it was absolutely awful to watch on the TV. Absolutely awful. Perhaps it looked brilliant in the arena. Perhaps it looked fantastic for being there, but it was awful to watch on the TV because you lost movement of players. You lost movement of the ball. Um, so I'd, just give me a traditional floor. Yeah. Just give me a traditional floor. I'm quite happy. Um, what? As but as to the jersey, I like that. It's it's subtle. Yeah. So what about you, Mikey? Get, well, what are they going to do when they play on the ball's court with the orange ball? What they're going to get? Is it going to be like cricket and play it's the white play. ball now? <laughs> 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 Who knows? I, I I don't mind it to be honest. I think it's like our city edition jerseys. I think they're some of the better ones out of all the other teams. I think some of the other ones have got some really bad designs. Um, I get like I think Gary made the point they want it to stand out on TV and I think that's the biggest thing. Um I think I, the one thing that this do, that that they've done with this court that I wish they would start doing in the finals and the and the uh playoffs again. Do you remember when the Magic played no 9 played the Lakers and they had the Larry O'Brien trophy in the middle of the floor with the Magic logo over the top. I wish they would put things like that back on the floor because it just I don't know just added a extra special element. I mean, you're playing in the finals anyway, it's special, but things like that, you're like, when they started taking those things away, just didn't quite have the same feel, did it? But It's only been, it's uh, only been more recently as well, hasn't it, that the trophy's actually gone from the courts in the finals. Yeah. I, but say, that's something I liked. But, um, yeah, I'll, just give me a traditional parquet floor and you can see everything then. I'm happy. Yep. Right, let's talk about the West Coast road trip. Uh, the Magic have now wrapped up uh, their West Coast road trip, which finished 2-2. Two and two. Um, After blowing out the Rockets on opening night, Orlando travelled to Portland to take on Scoot Henderson and the Trail Blazers. Uh, a gritty play, uh, Blazers team hung around but didn't have enough as Orlando won 102-97. Franz Wagner led the Magic with 23 points, 5 rebounds and 3 assists. Um, and the Magic basically took care of business. Tom, have you got any thoughts on, on the Blazers game last Friday? 
well, to be honest, I thought we should have won that by more, really. Mm-hmm. I think we made it closer than it needed to be in the fourth quarter, just maybe poor offensive, poor offensive execution towards the end, just unnecessarily close, but we, we won in the end. I mean, that is all that matters at the end of the day, but yeah, need, need to be better, I think, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I agree, mate. Paul, anything to add? Mate, it was hard fall, wasn't it? It was a hard fall game. Um, as Thomas just said, that final quarter, they came back from 13 down to within five. Um, I think the thing that pleased me about it was that that was one of those games where previously we could have collapsed. We could have easily lost that one, but we actually showed some composure and maturity to hold out for the win. Um, I, I Again, I agree with Tom in that that was a game that we should have won by considerably more. You take 32 free throws and hit only 65% of them. Hit the rest of those shots or a good percentage more of those shots and that's a comfortable win. Uh, I think the thing that stood out more than anything else in that game was the physicality and intensity of our defence. Uh, that The effort was immense. You've already mentioned Franz Leders. Uh, Mo Wagner, 8 of 8 for 17 points. That was a good performance he put in. Uh, we kept the rotation to 10 players. And I think the interesting thing about that was that we didn't see... Um, we hardly. I think that's the one where we hardly saw uh, Markel in the second half. Mm-hmm. And who was the other one? I can't remember who else was not playing. Um, but he trusted... We had Cole play the entire final quarter. We saw Mo Wagner play all but 90 seconds of it. And we had some strong stats. Uh, you know, plenty of rebounding was good. 22 assists, always nice. 10 steals uh, and turnovers were far less than we have seen previously. Uh, and the other stat, defensive-wise, we held them to 38 points in the paint. And as I said before, when you consider last season's average was a shade over... 50 points per game in the paint shows how good the defence was of that area. Hmm. Yep, absolutely. Uh, So after the Blazers game, the Magic travelled to LA for a back-to-back against the Lakers and Clippers. Uh, After leading at the half and having an eight-point lead in the fourth quarter, Anthony Davis and LeBron James found a way to give the Magic their first loss of the season and the Magic lost 103-106. to Gary Harris had a big night off the bench with 17 points. I don't think he missed a shot in this game, knocking down threes. Um, and really, I think this one was a hard-to-take game for a few reasons. Um, but Tom, what was your uh, takeaways from that Lakers game? Uh, well, we, we should have won that game as well, but say similar to the Portland game, but Lakers had Anthony Davis. That was the difference, really, in the end. He was immense. Um, yeah. Um, first half, I mean, Gary Harris kept us in the game for a start, uh, going perfect from the field. And then in the fourth quarter, Jalen Suggs' defensive plays down the stretch. He he deserved that sort of overtime shot. Sending it to overtime in the end, but it just wasn't to be, really. Anthony Davis was the difference in the end. Yeah. No, he was super, superb in that one. G? Oh, gosh. Give me the Laker game, isn't it? The most important one of the season. The one I really, really care about. And then we lose it. Um, yeah, obviously very, very disappointing. You know, you're winning at the half. Uh, you're hanging around with them. You, you know, 
matching them blow for blow, aren't you? You know, down, down a stretch, you you're up a hundred to ninety six with three twenty two to go. Um, so you you know you're confident really that you're going to pull it out. Um, but you know, let's look at some positives. We out rebounded them. You know, you guys have mentioned how you know how good the Lakers are on the rebound uh, this season, especially with Anthony Davis. Uh, unless you're next to him and you you, you know you you cough on him or something and they call a foul. Anyway, um, we we out rebounded them on the offensive uh, end, twelve to three. Um, we struggled a little bit on the foul line again. I know that's a topic we're going to talk about in a second. You know, we went thirteen for eighteen at the foul line. Paolo went zero for two. You know, a couple of points here or there makes makes a hell of a difference. Um, but. You guys have touched upon it. Gary Harris went six for six for 17 points, five for five from downtown, kept us in it in the second. Maybe we should have given him a little bit more uh, burn, um, given him a few more shots. Um, Jalen Suggs was absolutely everywhere, as Tom's mentioned. You know, whilst he only shot four of 12 uh, for the game, it was those stats that don't show up in the box score, those tips, those hustle plays, the three offensive rebounds, eight total rebounds for a guard um, out of, you know, 44 for the whole team. It's pretty damn good. Um, other sort of players to mention, Markel, 14 and eight. Uh, he had a, a plus minus of none, but... Other than Markel and Suggs, uh, a lot of the other players were all in the minus. Suggs was a plus 10. Um, so, again, it just comes down to end of end of game play and management. Did we call the right play at the end? You know, did Franz take the shot too early, perhaps? Um, do we need to try something different? We obviously saw that at the Utah game. We went to Paolo. Um, so, other did than, have- you know... Did we have the right lineup on the floor at the end of the game? Well, mate, I, yeah, that's the question, I, isn't it? I, I think we did. I think we did. I know a lot of people will argue that we, we didn't with having Markel on the floor. But, you know, during that four minutes to go stretch, I watched it back. It was twice that he penetrated, got to the lane, made two floating running layups or, you know, jump shots. Uh, he kicked it out. Jalen Suggs hit a three. Uh, Franz made a basket. Paolo missed the couple down the stretch. It wasn't, you know, because we had, uh, you know, what's seen as a, a non-shooter in Markel. I get that Gary Harris was six of six, but Gary Harris should have been in during the third or the fourth earlier in the game, not crunch time for me, um, just because Markel gives you that extra. And I know I'm, you know, president of the Markel fan club uh, and I'm going to back him, um, but I want him on the floor regardless uh, but i get everybody else's sort of uh, sentiments that maybe you should have more more shooting on uh, but at the same time having a playmaker who can penetrate and cut and you know just make the defense uh, collapse is, is just as important um but i just wanted to also pick up more on jalen Suggs's efforts as, as tom had mentioned you know he's doing winning plays he's a kind of player uh, you want on a championship team both ends of the floor um, I mentioned the rebounds. He got a, he could have had a couple more assists. Whilst his shooting wasn't great, um, just high pressure, uh, defensive intensity, and it's just shown his real maturity this season for me. Uh, and you know, if you're at, I'm going on now, but if you were to ask the best player so far this season for me, it's hands down Jalen Suggs. Yeah, he's definitely had an impact. Tom, would you agree with G? Do you think they had the right lineup in that Lakers game down the stretch? 
I would say so, yeah. But from maybe when we needed a three right at the end to tie it, maybe you could have put Gary Harris in to, yeah. for that sort of last few seconds to try and get the three. But other than that, I, there wasn't really a problem with the lineup in the last yeah. sort of three or four minutes of the game. I, I tend to think that the actual issue. I know that the question has been asked, why wasn't he in for that final play? I agree with you. I think the actual issue is, why wasn't he in earlier? Why wasn't Gary Harris in at some point? Perhaps there's something we don't know. Perhaps he'd already um, was suffering with some form of injury, some sort of form of niggle that hasn't been made public. Who knows? Um, but it was just, a t- it, for me, it was a team thing, wasn't it? We, as a team... We shot, uh, what was it, 40%? Yeah. 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 40%. You shoot 40%, you're not going to win. <laughs> Simple as that. <laughs> Trust me, I know where you're going. <laughs> um, gee, the one thing I'm surprised at, you've not really yeah. touched on officiating. Well, I, 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 I mentioned... Well, it was, well, it was mentioned, better. Uh... It was better than last year. But you've not you didn't you didn't say anything about the uh, Anthony Davis um, headlock wrestling. Move. Oh, the Wagner headlock the, in the, the first, jump ball, first half. The jump ball, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know, I know. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, if it's the other way around, if Wagner's doing that to Davis, it's it's a foul every day. Um, yeah, I'm not going to get too caught up, but you know, I, I think we've got enough players to to get ourselves, you know, wins, and um, hopefully the officiating will take care of itself this season. But um, obviously, there was a couple of plays. There was also um, Davis at the end. Um, was it that well, rebound? Tripped himself up. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> you know, have a look at that, and um, yeah, you know, and it's a one it's one possession game, and that makes all the difference. You know, you could easily get the W there. I mean, none of us are saying that that's the reason we lost. No, none no, no, are, absolutely. The reason we lost is the forty percent shooting. Mm-hmm. That's the reason we lost. Yes. Yeah, I can't believe we're five games in and we we've not had one message in our WhatsApp group yet about refereeing calls from Geraint yet. But there we go. Um, after the disappointing loss to the Lakers, Orlando had a chance to still walk out of LA with a dub. Uh, the first quarter against the Clippers was pretty ugly for both teams. Uh, The Clippers were held to just 18% from the field. The Magic led by three at the half and then basically were destroyed in the second half, eventually losing 102 to 118. Uh, Despite the L, we saw some signs, Gary, that Paolo was starting to find his groove. He was starting to find a little bit of rhythm again in this game. Yeah, it was an interesting watch um, because you could either look at the game itself and say it started off and it was rotten and then just got worse. So you could look at it and say defensively in the first quarter, it was like, here's an old old reference for you, Mike Fratello's dream sequence. Because it was like watching a nil-nil draw in basketball. That's where it was That's where it was seen to be heading. Um, it was so dire, wasn't it? Oh, it, was, it was awful. But then if you looked at it credit-wise, first of all, you know, Paolo's play was actually improving. Um, he's gone five or thirteen in that game. I would say his def- defensive side of the game's actually been stronger and carried over from the FIBA tournament um, into the season. So it hasn't been like Paolo's had a nightmare start. He just hasn't put up the points that we are accustomed to from what Paolo can do. But yeah, you those signs that he was coming back to life. And how many teams this season are going to come away from a game? And the Clippers are good. Like I know they were shorthanded, but 
the trade they've just pulled off now, if they stay healthy and you think of Westbrook, Harden, Paul George, Kawhi and Zubac as your starting five, there's not many teams got running a better starting five than that. But how many teams at the end of the season are going to say they held Kawhi Leonard to three of 11 shooting? Not many. So that that's the positive side. And I think you looked at it and for me, I was when we were missing the air, uh, both teams were missing shots and such. I was kind of like, well, you've got two defensively strong teams here and we're matching them with that type of hustle and energy. But going into half time, I think I said this to Paul, um, my feel was the game was close. We'd had that opening half where we'd played such, you know, like held Kawhi and Paul George to quiet games. I was sat there at half time thinking who's more likely to go off here? Is it Paolo and Franz or is it going to be Kawhi or Paul George? And the experience, I think, factored in the the big game type thing and Paul George came through for them and we just didn't look likely in the second half. And the big difference for me was uh, three-point shooting. When you look at that game, we, we shot just over 23% from three. From our starting lineup, you've got Suggs going one of five, Franz going two of seven. It's not great. You, you know, you, you straight away, you've then got to get your baskets on the inside. And that's where Paolo was struggling to find space. Yeah, he was five of 13, but he was struggling for space. And I think Wendell really tells the story when he was two of eight. Mm. And like I know Zubac is a good player, but he's not like Anthony Davis. And Wendell was, wasn't getting much space. There wasn't much going on in the paint. And that's where we lost the game, I think. Seven of 30 combined from the field, uh, from the three-point line. Spacing issues, if you watch the game from start to finish or start at the last five minutes, I just switched it off with five minutes ago. I was like, I can't actually handle any more of this. So I switched off when we were bringing the bench in um, and it was it was over. But it was it was a hard watch. But uh, at the end of the day, they're, they're a team who are going to, I think, make some noise this season. It's, it's not a disgrace to lose to them. It's just disappointing, given that I think we could have took a, a pretty sizable lead into halftime if we'd been better at shooting is what it is i just think it's one of them nights you know you get them games don't you where it just nothing clicked yeah you get them Uh, and we were getting getting good looks in the second half as well we just couldn't knock down shots it was just yeah there was just no rhythm offensively was there at all you get them games exactly no you guys mentioned that and obviously i know later we're going to talk about you know things we're doing well and things maybe we're not doing well, but I I got this nugget. Um, corner threes this year, right? We're taking eight point four compared to last year. We're taking six point three, which are obviously better shots. Obviously, the percentage we're shooting isn't great at the moment, but we're taking better shots. Um, and we're also tw- taking twenty seven point eight of our threes, which are open or wide open. You know, I was just looking at NBA.com about hustle stats and that sort of stuff. Whereas last year we were taking 15.8. So I think the ball movement is better. Um, just need to make make those shots, really, don't we? Yeah. It'll, it'll come back up. That was one of my stats I had for later on, G. Oh, was this? Sorry, mate. So I've got five of them. So it's all right. It's not a problem. Hey, just in case. But that's that that, deep um, dive, isn't it? Deep dive. That stat that Gary was on about with uh, Paul George and Kawhi. It was the stat was Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook. At one point in the uh, first half, we'd held them to three of twenty-four shots. I think those three players combined, you were doing something right. Yeah, yeah, I agree, mate. Um, 
And the Magic wrapped up the road trip last night with a 115 to 113 win over the Utah Jazz. The Magic found themselves down as many as 10 in the first half before turning it up defensively and built a 14-point lead in the second half. But the Magic blew a 7-point lead with two minutes to go. Larry Markinen, I can't even say it. Larry Markinen, wow. there you go. <laughs> two big threes. It's because I've been awake since 2.30 this morning. That's why. What's my excuses on a regular basis? Absolutely no. <laughs> uh, to take a one-point lead with 19 seconds left, but Paolo Banquero had other ideas as he drove and finished around John Collins to basically win the game. Um, P finally had a breakout game, a huge night finishing with 30 points, nine rebounds, five assists, nine of 13 from the field, 11 from 15 from the free throw line. I think that's the most positive thing. Um Tom, I think we can sleep a little easier now Paolo's had his big night and uh, we can uh, kick on with the rest of the season now. What did you uh, think yeah. of last night? Uh, definitely. Well, the weird stat about last night is the only quarter we won was the second quarter. Yeah. We lost the first, the third and the fourth, but we still ended up winning. So it kind of comes down again to that fourth quarter. Like I say, we had a seven-point lead with not very long to go and we just can't just pull away just to make it a comfortable finish. It has to yeah. come down to close. But, I mean, you've got to give the special shout out. I mean, Palace scored 30, but Anthony Black. I mean, it's his first meaningful minutes in an NBA game and he plays like that. It's perfect from the field. as that um, and one play Yeah, as well over his back and his defensive plays as well. I think he had a couple of steals and a block off the top of my head. But yeah. he, he was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've seen this. Anthony Black in just 15 minutes against the Jazz had nine points, three rebounds, two steals, one assist, 100% from the field. And he's the only ever teenager to record this stat line or better in 15 minutes or less. There you go. I saw that today. Pretty impressive. Uh, guys, anything to add on last night's game? Oops. G G's heart rate's finally come down, I think. Oh, my God. That was so traumatic, wasn't it? Um <laughs> It really was. When Markinen hit that three to put them up with 12 seconds to go, you're like, this could not be happening. Um, but, you know, luckily, Paolo Banquero, you know, had to stick one to Andy Larson of the uh, Salt Lake Tribune um, and Walker Kessler, you know, voting for Walker Kessler for Rookie of the Year. So um, we'd like to thank Andy Larson for the uh, motivation and um, the W. So uh, shout out to him. Just out of interest, how many how many blocks did Walker Kessler have last night? At one point, he had five. I don't know what he don't finished with. I don't know what he finished with. with. I didn't, didn't see what he finished with. I think he had five at sure half had... time, but I don't know what he finished with. Hang on, as, I'll find out now. As Paul alluded to in our um, pre-game preview yesterday, they were, what, Paul, was it like? They were about 26th in, for the, in the league for blocks this season. Which they is, were really low down. Which it's is insane. mad when you think how um, good he is as a shot blocker. Jester was only on one block a game, I think, before yeah. this before yeah. this game. Incredible! Uh, that uh, the guy's brilliant. The guy's really good defender. I mean, it he helps ended up with five. Five. Oh, he did have five. Yeah. I mean, it does help because we are a team that like getting downhill and attacking the basket. So he's always going to have those chances. But um, yeah. <laughs> Good, good way to close out the road trip. I think it's safe to say we, we beat the two teams we would have probably expected to and lost to the two teams that we would have probably been not favoured in. But it was still a positive road trip, even though we all feel like we probably left one on the board against the Lakers. Um, so the Magic five games in, three and two. 
There's been some positives. There's been there's some things the Magic still have to figure out and work on. Um, but I want each of you, I'm going to start with Tom, to give me one stat that you found. And it could be a team stat, an individual one. It's either an area for concern or maybe it's something that surprised you through three games. Um, and you can say whether it's positive or something to be wary of. So fire away, Tom. What have you come up with? Um, well, I've thought about what's positive and what's negative and what to go for just from what I've been watching. Yeah, And the negative, it's probably an obvious one, I think it's been mentioned already, is the free throws this season. We're actually uh, second in the NBA in free throw attempts okay. so far this season. Yeah. Um, but we are 26th in percentage at 71%, which is a big difference. Yeah, Especially when we're playing so many games where we're struggling to close out games in the fourth quarter. Um, but the positive that I thought was we've been getting a lot of steals and pass deflections. This year, defensive intensity has been going up. Yeah, uh, quite a lot, and I found that we're second, ten point six steals a game as a team. Uh, we're actually first in deflections, pass deflections in the NBA. Which is no NBA. surprise. <laughs> well, no, it seems like every other possession we're deflecting a pass, whether we're getting the steal or it's going out of bounds. I don't know, but Jalen Suggs is uh, five point two deflections a game, which is second in all, out of all players in the NBA. Who's first? By did you can you remember? Well, yeah. I can't remember off the top of my head. The Anthony Melton. How was that? From the Philadelphia 76ers. I've got that stat. Yeah, I, I thought you said. <laughs> <laughs> Glad I went first. <laughs> Go on, Ed G. What have you yeah, got so, for us? So I had, yeah, basically <clears throat> deflection slash hustle plays. So as Tom mentioned, we're, we're first in the league on deflections with 22 a game. Um, Suggs, I'm just, I'm just, yeah, just telling you exactly what, what um what Tom's just said, Suggs is first, but Bancaro uh, also has two per game. Franz Wagner has one point six. Um, de- defensively and hustle stats, you uh, Jonathan Isaac is one point three blocks per game. Um, but forcing turnovers, we're third in the league, forcing seventeen point three. Um, so in turn, um, you know that. Re- that should translate to fast break points, shouldn't it? You know, mm-hmm. defense is not set, uh, easy buckets. Um, um, I've got to, yeah, Tom's mentioned the second in the league with 10.6 steals. Um, and then the points in the paint, we've got we're 10th in the league with 52.4, so we're obviously plowing it in. Um, and you know, three or two, three and two, it's not too bad. Um, opposition fast break points, we are tied at fourth in the league with uh, 10.8. So obviously that in turn, you know, turnovers given to, uh, and and then turnovers that we g- give away fourteen for fourteen point eight. So we're protecting the basketball better. We're obviously defensively really up on them, uh, forcing turnovers, getting out on the break. I'd like to see you know running on the break a little bit better. There's a couple of three on ones and two on ones that we've blown. You know, going for alley oops and stuff. Just lay it up. Three on one, just lay it up. None of this fancy nonsense. I'd rather two points, run back. Uh, I think there was a play last night that, you know, uh, we turned the ball over and Paolo gave a foul straight away. So, you know, totally negates what, you know, us on the fast break. So, um, no, so the positive is, you know, defence is what it should be. Um, 
Mosley said he wants to be top 10. I think we're top three at the moment, just behind the New York Knicks, uh, obviously coached by Tom Thibodeau and the Minnesota Timberwolves, who've got Rudy Gobert. So, you know, it's trending in the right direction. Yeah. Mo- Mose actually said top five. If you've watched um, the Magical Access on YouTube this week, there's like some yeah. behind-scenes stuff. But yeah, that, there's some def- there's definitely some uh, nice trending stats he, defensively he's there. He's moved it up there now, because originally he said top 10, and it was Jay. Uh, top 10 he said, he said originally, five, yeah. So yeah. now he's gone for the top five. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Paul, what have you got? Wait, I've, got, I've gone with free throws. Um Simply because I see, I've, I'm going to see it as both a negative and a positive. There's no point being down about it because, first of all, let's go for the positive side of things. We've shot 145 free throws in five games. It's 29 a game. So at some point, that means we're now getting the calls. We didn't used to get as many free throws. We are now getting calls from the officials. So we can we can bleed and perhaps there should have been some more. But it shows that the team's playing with an aggression. We're, we're playing to our strengths of attacking the paint. And those calls are resulting from it. So, you know, that's 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 a great start because it's it's second best in the league. There's only, I can't think who it was who I read that's taking more free throws per game than ourselves. Um, have shot more. So it's a good start. And let's be honest, we could, as I said, we could easily have seen more <clears throat> Anthony Davis headlock. You know, it's the, the simple things. Negative conversion rate. Um, five games uh, and last night we saw an improvement. And that's only the improvement in our free throw shooting last night still only took us up, as Tom said, to 71% for the season. That's 26th in the league. Uh, simple terms, we take 29 a game and we make 20.6. So you're leaving almost nine points a game behind. Uh, you make those a bit as Portland, that game's not close. I'm not expecting we make 100% of them, but you make a percentage of that and that game's not close in Portland. Uh, go, go, go back to the Clippers. We took 33 against the Clippers and made only 19 of them. That's 57%. 14 points were left behind. If you... And nailed, we lost by uh, 16? Something like that, yeah. You, yeah. But if you nail some of those, and as, as I've just said, I'm not expecting 100%, but if you hit some of those, that game isn't getting away from you in the way that it that it did. And it makes that game more competitive. It makes that uh, the Clippers had to change potentially their style. It got to the point, I felt, watching it, where the Clippers were players were looking and thinking... We may as well foul. It became a hacker, hacker magic player, because every time you were preventing a two-point score, we were only making one or one, possibly one, not even one every time from the free throw line. We were missing the pairs, so they were they were cutting our scoring in half every single time by simply fouling. Mm-hmm. It worked for them. Uh, last night, you saw the difference that making those free throws when you're having. Uh, some offensive struggles, which we were having in the first half against Utah, the free throw shooting kept us in that game. So again, that's a positive of it, that you get these calls, you are going to keep yourself in games if you can make them. And final point on it, everyone's been on about Paolo's scoring slump. 
I think they've made too much of it. But uh, his free throw shooting is somewhere that he can easily pick up on those extra points. Last season, he took 7.4 free throws per game. This season, that's already increased to 8.2. And he's not been as aggressive yet this season, I don't think. I think last night was the first time that we saw him playing an aggressive game. So he's almost at one extra free throw a game. Last season, he was hitting five and a half free throws per game. So not great, but 74%. This season, despite making, despite taking that extra one, he's only making five per game, five shots per game. Now, if he hits some of those free throws, the scores that he's had this season look an awful lot better. 13, which is, so he got 12 in the in the Houston game. But he missed, took his free throw, that's 13. He missed five against Portland. So he scored 14. If you hit them, it's 19. He missed two against the Lakers, takes him into double digits. He missed four against the Clippers and he missed four last night as well. The simple points that he can pick up on. But it shows that he is still playing with some aggression. Don't overthink it, people. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the Bucks are leading the league in free throw attempts, Paul. Yeah, that's and, it, that, mate, and then you've got you. the six the Sixers in third and the Lakers in fourth. So you're in good company with, you know, teams there, you know, who are quite high up the standings um normally. Yeah. yeah. Talk, talking about Paolo's aggressiveness, I think there was one really good thing that JT brought up on the Bally Sports broadcast last night was I think he's trying to transition back from being a role player with Team USA to being the guy for Orlando. And I think yes, we're just starting um, to see that round. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, he nailed that. Good. He was absolutely correct. He was spot on. Gary, what have we got then? I looked at rebounding. Um, I'm not as big a stat cat as some of you are. Some of you are like really great with your stats. I'm, I'm just like, oh, there's a stat sheet. Great. Um, think more about the eyesight and test. But I think for us, we've got to be a better rebounding team than we are. And with the five games we've played in this season, only once has a Magic player got into double figures with rebounds. And that was Wendell with 10 last night. And then look what happened. So... It was a costly rebound. It was an important rebound, but it's the only time a Magic player this season has managed to get double figures. And I think if we are going to be a team that's challenging for the title going forward, and we're going to be a team that's going to improve I on I thought you were going to say this season. <laughs> kind of if you want, Maggie, kind of if you want. But if we're, if we're going to challenge with this core unit, We've got to actually have players who are going to go out there and get the rebounds. We've got to have like a, a top-end, top-notch rebounder. Right now, Wendell leads the team with 8.6 a game over five, which is kind of Wendell-ish numbers. But when you look at players like teams are going to have to go through, guys like Jalen Duran are going to be double-figure rebounders. And then you're throwing in Osai Thompson and players like that as well. The Pistons are going to be an elite rebounding team. We've got to have that in our locker. And in my big worry with Wendell out is the next highest rebounder is Paolo with six, Franz with a shade under six, Jalen with 5.4 and Cole in less minutes with 4.8. So we've got a lot of rebounds to make up if we're looking to be without Wendell possibly until January. Mm -hmm which is yeah. kind of what the medical advice would say. So it's a, a one where I've kind of thought the pattern hasn't been great and we're going to have to come together as a team and find a solution of how we fill that uh, Wendell Carter-sized gap. 
that transitions really nicely onto my stat. So perfect. Um, So I had a look. So the Magic are currently ranked third in defensive rating this season with 103.6. According to StatMuse, the Orlando Magic all-time without Wendell Carter Jr. have a defensive rating of one. Oh, sorry, of 111.6. So that's nearly eight points a game. Well, it's eight points a game difference. So the Magic are tied for eighth in points in the paint this year. Um, sorry, yeah, this season. And Paul alluded to that earlier on about, was it the Portland game where we kept them under 40, 40 yep. points in the paint? Like, that's an important stat for the Magic to win games this year. Um but overall, defensively, the Magic are worse when Wendell was not playing. Um, and the, we, we, they've got to figure it out quickly because, like I say, Gary, if he's going to miss significant time, which is very likely, um, the Magic are going to have to fill those minutes with somebody who can try and effectively do what Wendell does, um, whether that's J.I., Mo Wagner, Batadze, whether they play Paolo at the five and go bigger... With a, stick another guard like Anthony Black out there or start Joe Ingles I don't, I don't know but um, like I said I think the rebounding is part of that defensive rating like it's, it's all um, it, it's all relevant isn't it and I think we're going to see over the next few weeks without Wendell what a big miss he is because probably one of the most underrated players in the NBA in my eyes you guys know I love Wendell anyway but um, I, I think he's going to be a big miss so, there we go. Any other stats you want to throw out there before we quickly move on that you might have found? Not a stat, but we've just got to say how great Jalen Suggs has been for this team. If you want a positive, there's the positive. Jalen Suggs, yeah, 100%. And Cole Anthony. Cole's been great. Yeah. <laughs> Cole's been great. He has. Okay, so let's move on to the upcoming week. So we're recording our next episode on Friday, the 10th of November, so a week today. Uh, This season, we'll be recording on non-game days because it gives us a little bit more time to prepare for the episodes. Um, Fridays are the night we all like to record, but there's going to be a few Thursdays and Saturdays. So you might see a little bit of uh, inconsistency of days that the podcast drops, but it's going to be around... A Friday, Saturday anyway. So uh, so the Magic play three games before next week. Uh, the Lakers on Saturday the 4th. Uh, it's the first home game back after the road trip. Uh, the Lakers are 3-2 and two as we record this. As the Magic look for a bounce back win after blowing that eight point lead in the fourth quarter against them last week. Um, then they travel, sorry, they don't travel yet. Uh, they've got Dallas at home. We've got another home game, unbelievable, on Monday the 6th. Uh, they are one of only two teams that are unbeaten in the NBA. Those and the green team from up north that we won't talk about. Um, they've beaten, sorry, Dallas have beaten Wemby Armour and the Spurs, the Grizzlies, the Nets and the Bulls. And then the Magic fly to, to, to Mexico City to face the Atlanta Hawks, which is technically a Magic home game that they've given up on the 9th of November. As we're recording, Atlanta are also 3-2. and two. So, predictions for the week. Let's start with Tom. I've got us going two and one this week. Okay. And I've gone heart over head. I want to beat the Lakers. 
Um, I, like I think it. we'll I think we'll lose to Dallas though. I, think I mean, you said they're they're still unbeaten this season. They started really well. Might struggle there, but hopefully, we, I think we should beat the Hawks. Though, but Mexico City is a bit of an unknown, isn't it? Because it's they, it's an international game, so it depends how each team actually adjusts to that when they're out there. But two and one, hopefully. Gary, um, I'll go one and two. Okay, I think we're going to take some time to find find ourselves without Wendell. G dog. Oh gosh, a bit like Tom. I'm going with my heart. I'm going to say two and one, and I think we'll beat the Lakers and the Mavericks, and then we'll drop into the Hawks. But you could make a case for winning any of those or losing any of those. But let's go with the positive spin. The spin. I go two and one. Paul, I just think all three are incredibly tight, and I have got absolutely zero idea which way to go. I could easily say two and one. I could easily say one and two. I can also come up with a very strong argument why it could be 0-3, particularly with Wendell going down and the issues around, do we get Markel back? Do we get um, Gary Harris back? 0-3. Don't like it. Don't like saying it. But you look at... I, I just worry. I think if we'd been playing in Orlando... I wouldn't be considering that we could potentially lose to the Hawks. I think we'd beat them. And I think we should be beating the Hawks. Um, the travel, playing at altitude in Mexico City. I I don't understand why we've actually said, yeah, let's go and do that. That sounds like a sensible idea. I don't get it. I really don't. And they're just firing points in for fun at the minute. Yeah. It's crazy to think that that's the eighth game on our schedule it's the first Eastern Conference team that we're playing and we're not even playing them at home um, I'm going to go I'm going to go one and two I think the Lakers has got schedule loss written all over it on top of them being on top of them having AD and, and LeBron um, I just think coming back after a West Coast road trip that first game back is always a tough game for it to be the Lakers I think it's going to be really hard to beat the Lakers. And like Gary's already said, the fact that we're going to have to, there's going to be an adjustment period without Wendell. Um, I think the Lakers game is going to be tough. I think we're going to drop that. I think we're going to, I think we're going to push the Mavericks. I think we're going to be, I think defensively we can still cause them some issues. And I do think it'll be a tighter game than maybe, than maybe we might think. But I just think with a couple of days off to sort of readjust, maybe some time to practice um, out on the road. We're already used to being on the road this early in the season, so I don't see it being an issue to go go and fly back to Mexico City, back, back technically on the West Coast. Um, so I'm going to say we get a win in Mexico City. So I'm going one and two. Don't you think uh, Mo Wagner get into Luca's head? I can't wait for that. He's been very good at it before, hasn't he's, he? He's been fantastic this season. Very good at it now, that's one thing I'm we haven't mentioned tonight. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's played his role off the bench. He's He's been great. And uh, even watching him against Utah yesterday, you know, mm. just clapping in front of the opponent, just winding him up. Brilliant. <laughs> I, think, I think in that game, I think Markel's length is 
I mean, you put Marco Lenks on Doncic. Nobody's stopping Doncic. But then if, if Suggs can keep Kyrie Irving quiet, then um, it's going to give us a chance for sure. But there we go. Um, that'll do it for this week. Tom, thank you for joining us, mate. Have you had a good time? Yeah, yeah, it's been great. Thanks for having me. Good man. And, and thank you for uh, for supporting what we do and, and being one of our Patreons. We really appreciate it, mate. Um, and we'd love to have you back on again at some point. So, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Thank you for coming. Good man. Good man. Well, if you like this episode, please subscribe and give it a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube and leave us your comments or questions. We'll always try and respond to everyone. If you're listening to this episode, leave us a review and share with other Magic fans. It really helps us grow the podcast. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, TikTok and X at underscore Let's Talk Magic. So thank you for listening and watching. So from Gary, Geraint, Paul, Tom and myself... Go Magic.